Hello and welcome to the next instalment of MediaTel Conversations, a podcast brought to you by MediaTel. Our aim is to bring you the biggest names in the media industry to discuss the most important news topics of the day, as well as allow them to tell their story. This week, the Deputy Managing Director of MediaTel Group, Nicola Mullet, brings together four leaders from the biggest outdoor media owners in the UK to find out how they got through the last five months and why they're optimistic for the future. Hello, my name is Nicola Muller and I'm the Director and Head of Ad at Home at MediaTel. Now it comes as no surprise that during a period when people were told to stay indoors, the out-of-home industry faced a crisis like it had never seen before. But as lockdown restrictions ease and a sense of normality returns to people's lives, we look at what the future holds for out-of-home. I'm joined today by leaders from the UK's biggest media owners find out how they got through the last four months and why they're optimistic for the future. First of all, I'd like to introduce my panel. We have Kate Toby, Director of Commercial Sales Strategy and Transformation at JC Decoe. As well as being a WAFL Future Leader, Kate is also Chair of Decoe's Sparking Conversation Initiative to tackle loneliness within the UK communities and is a member of the Balancing Out of Home Committee that was set up to nurture industry talent from a diverse range of backgrounds. Then we have Ollie Dean, Director of Commercial Outdoor and DAX at Global. Ollie's role at Global was expanded in May this year to oversee all sales and trading for outdoor while continuing to lead DAX's operations and North America business. Prior to his time on digital and audio at Global, Ollie spent several years at Clear Channel. Our third panellist is Lou Stubbings, Creative Director at Clear Channel. It's Louise's role to deliver the most creative out-of-home ideas and executions for clients. She joined Clear Channel six years ago as sales director working on Storm, and prior to that, her career in media spanned press, cinema, and outdoor with roles at The Telegraph, DCM, and PrimeSight. And last but not least, we have Phil Hall, Joint Managing Director at Ocean Outdoor. Phil has been at Ocean for a year now, having spent the previous 19 years agency side, head of TV, head of investment, and finally, Chief Commercial Strategy Officer at Mediacom. Welcome to you all. I'm going to start by asking the panel how their companies have been affected by coronavirus and how they've adapted. And if I could come to you, Lou, first. Yeah, I think like media owners in this sector, it's been a very challenging period for us. We're a very high fixed cost business. So we've seen a significant drop in revenue, large percentage of employees going on furlough and those remaining working, taking on more as a result of lack of resource. So it's been a very difficult time. Clear Channel, we adapted very quickly to this and set out a clear plan of three R's, which we called resilience, return and reimagination to help us and our clients navigate this very, very difficult scenario that was playing out in front of us and to be able to move through each stage really effectively and help clients on their journeys. We also had to make a decision to continue with the outdoor media awards, which normally we would have a big party for, a big celebration. We decided to continue those. It was in its 13th year, but put it on Insta live instead. So changed the way that we're communicating. We had the most amount of entries ever this year, which was really pleasing to see that the industry still wanted to celebrate all the great work that had gone over, gone on in the last year in these challenging circumstances. So we've adapted quite a lot to what was put in front of us. And I think that I've been very proud to see our platform for good proposition really come to the fore with examples of support, thanks and celebration from lots of people for key workers alongside this time. So it's been a really 
great opportunity for outdoor to sing about what it does brilliantly in really tough times. Would any of the rest of the panel like to chip in on their experiences? Yeah, I'd echo what Lou said. I think that it's obviously been an incredibly difficult time for out-of-home businesses, but the way that the industry has responded has been fantastic. The effect on our people can't be underestimated. To work in businesses where all of a sudden you see revenue completely disappear overnight is a difficult thing to do. But I think everybody's adapted really well. And if you look at the, the goodwill messaging that's gone out, I think is superb. And I think, you know, at Ocean, we're really proud of the work that we've done and it's helped keep us together as a team. We ran an initiative for SMEs that ended up giving SMEs £17 million worth of free space, helping 400 businesses. We've used Piccadilly Lights to get Captain Tom and the Queen up on there. So I think the industry has done really well in pushing the benefits of out of home, even during a time when people aren't allowed outside. And that's a fairly astonishing thing, I think. I agree with these guys. One of the things that I'm most proud of is the way that we have been communicating. I think internally with our people, it has been challenging having people on furlough and trying to keep people engaged and make sure that there is that flow of information. But we've set up a care and share hub that's been dedicated for helping people and and to guide them with things like wellbeing, travel advice. We've also had a little initiative called Furlough Diaries, which I thought was a really lovely idea. Some sort of really lovely snapshots from our employees about what they've been up to and sort of how they've been keeping busy. But I think to Phil's point, you know, the fact that we came together as an industry and had that lovely messaging that was, you know, celebrating the work of our key workers and the NHS. I actually think that it sort of brought the best of out of home, you know, being in the public domain within the communities It feels as though it has, I think, helped to sort of cement, really, us as the trusted medium with that comms message. Brilliant. So can I come to you next, Ollie, and ask what you think the most exciting thing about advertising for advertisers now that people are coming back to the medium? My excitement must be put into context in the sense I'm five weeks into running our out-of-home business. Just to build on the last point as well before I answer it, the bit that's really impressed me almost as an outsider coming in is how quick outdoor has adapted to all of those things. The media owners and specialists are using accurate data, alignment on flexibility and cancellation terms. I think removing friction from clients that they would have in getting campaigns live on a street in a challenging time, I think that's from, from my point of view, and it struck me being five weeks in and as just as a punch on my way into work this morning, it remains a brilliant creative canvas. And the amount of brands that are live on the street right now using outdoor to deliver very clear, succinct messages to promote the relevance of their brand in these times. I think that, you know, on a, my trip into work already, you've got Google station domination at bank on their solving campaign, reminding everybody of the amount of people that use Google technology, Google Cloud, from Acado to deliver your groceries right now, right the way through to the Revolut currency app. You've got Eurotunnel reminding people to stay in their car and stay safe because it's a brilliant, safe way of traveling to the continent. You've got McDonald's in a beautiful ad of chips. And I think that this reminder of Life is moving back to normal, albeit gradually. And we've seen sentiments change in our audience. We have an audience panel of 8,000 people and we track sentiment. And I think we've seen people having very high levels of empathy at the start of lockdown. And the more and more life goes on, that level of empathy is still significant, but it's probably been changed and moving into a crave for getting back to normality. And as simple as it is, 
coming into work on a Friday and being reminded by McDonald's in a very simple way that it's still open. You can knit your colleagues chips later on today or whatever that might be. I think it's a very public reminder with brands at the center of it of reminding people that life is gradually getting back to normal. And I think that outdoor is just a brilliant canvas for doing that. Fabulous. Does anybody else like to come in on that exciting thing for advertisers at the moment? Personally speaking, I think a lot of people are going to have screen fatigue now, either through mobile or on laptops or on TVs. And I think you can see from the queues of people queuing anywhere and everywhere, people want to be outside. People, like Ali, Ollie said, people are desperate to get back to some sense of normality. And I think that provides a great opportunity for outdoor advertising because people are going to be in a more positive mindset. They're going to be more alert. They're going to give more consideration to our platform. And I think it, it speaks volumes for how much people are desperate to get back outside and experiencing again. I think there's great opportunities for advertisers now to use the platform. I definitely agree about screen fatigue. I think that's a really good point. Can I ask you a question, Kate? Do you think that the challenge has increased collaboration between media owners and agencies? Or do you find that you're working more closely with advertisers now? So I think, you know, if we cast our minds back, it feels like a very, very long time ago to pre-COVID. I think we were already starting to see some really strong collaboration from the industry. Back in Feb, March time, we launched our Moments of Truth research that we did in conjunction with Clear Channel and Posterscope. Now, that was a three-stage research study that was proving that moments and contextual relevance in digital out-of-home increases neurobrain response, ad recall and kind of creative rating, but also sales. So I think that we were already starting the year off in a really positive note. But really where I think that we've had the most amount of, I suppose, success really is the conversations we've been having with other markets and, and how we've been sharing that within the UK community. So knowing that other markets, these audiences have been returning and, and the restrictions of lockdown have been lifted uh, a couple of weeks before the UK. It's mean that we've been able to start to share some of those learnings um, and sharing specific messaging uh, like Visa, who I think were one of the first actually to specifically come out with a message to thank their customers for support throughout lockdown. And so, I, you know, it's something that I really hope will continue you know, we've seen a lot of the agencies and clients hosting, you know, some amazing webinars. And I know that some of the guys on the panel now also, um, there's been some really strong content. And so I just hope that that sort of industry level of sharing of information continues, because I think it's something that we've all really benefited a lot from. We've just seen in the last couple of days that the World Out of Home organisation is introducing a global advertising campaign completely internationally. And I don't think from my memory, we've seen anything like that before in the industry. I thought that was really interesting, really exciting. Yeah, they're trying to make it the biggest one ever done. So apparently the uh, Guinness Book of World Records were involved to try and make it the biggest outdoor campaign ever. And I think actually that's an interesting one because creative agencies have in this time really started to get more involved and interested in the creative canvas that we have. And I would love to see that continue because it feels like they've just got reinvigorated by what's possible on our channel, which is really important for us going forward. I think this is possible that we'll look back on this time in a few years' time as, as actually a, a real turning point and a pivot for the industry. Because I think when life was normal, we went about our normal business and we and everybody was trying to chase revenue and talk to clients and, and do what they do. When you suddenly remove that, it gives you a lot of time and headspace to think about how you can change your business more positively. And for me, coming into the industry a year ago, I was quite surprised actually by how much 
the green shoots of collaboration were there. That's really accelerated over the last six months. I sit on the Outsmart board and, you know, talking to the the fellow companies and out of home, that there is a desire there for us to get together and to push the medium. Obviously, yeah, we've, we've got the global campaign happening as well. And I think we could look back on this time as this is something that brought us together as an industry and also accelerated technological change, more creativity and pushes the industry forwards. That, that point to pick up on, on Phil's point, there is massive alignment amongst both buy and sell side and outdoor about where to invest. I mean, all the media owners on this call are making huge investments into our technology. All the specialists are making significant investments into their buy side technology. But what's most refreshing about it is it seems to be all driving those common themes in advertiser benefit. It's about making our phone more flexible. It's about making it more immediate, more adaptive, more reactive. It's about using audience intelligence to provide more up-to-date insights. And I think that while there's different platforms in the market, we have Zero DAX platform, there's View, there's an alignment in the advertiser benefit all of that tech investment is actually delivering. And, and I think, I do believe, building on Phil's point, the ultimate winner here will be the advertiser because out of a period like this, they will have a medium and outdoor that's still really good at putting classic posters up all over the country for the right brief, but also can enable them to be much more precise and immediate with their outdoor activation than they ever have been before. Brilliant. I've got um, a question for you now, Phil. What have you introduced to encourage new clients or to welcome clients back to out of home? Uh, in a way, it's flexibility. Ocean is a digital business and perhaps in the past we haven't always made it as easy and as flexible as possible for clients or specialists or agencies to access what we've got. So I think in order to try and get people back, we've been very focused on the fact that we need to provide advertisers with certainty, that they need to be able to know that if a second wave comes, for instance, that their money is safe, that they can still have their campaigns when things calm down. So the ability, it certainly accelerated our desire to make sure we utilise all of our technology and all of our flexibility as a business to make it a smooth transaction for whoever we're dealing with. And I think, again, there's been some good work done across the industry there in making sure that, you know, this is an industry that I think, uh, along with cinema, have been the most decimated by COVID. But that there's nothing like that sort of crisis to really focus your attention and make sure, well, if, if you're an advertiser, our, our mindset is, if you're an advertiser, why wouldn't you spend with Ocean? And then we attack the reasons and take away those reasons. And what you're left with is a much more compelling sell and, and hopefully something that's much more attractive to advertisers as well. Lou, I saw your business as unusual campaign. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, very similar to Ocean. We identified that local businesses have been really badly affected by this and particularly bricks and mortar stores on high street. So we started an initiative called Business as Unusual to directly help those most affected and also those that are really helping their own communities. So we gave free campaigns out to about 250 of them and they were able to tell their local communities about what they were doing, different opening times, if they were online, what was happening to essentially use Outdoor as a community notice board, which is something that we've all spoken about the value of it for years but to see it actually used by the local community for the local community I think has had a massive effect on the people 
around there and how people are engaging and interacting with outdoor. But it had a dual effect in that, I think, of welcoming other brands back onto outdoor. So it's a very difficult time, has been a very difficult time for clients to know what to say or what tone to take right now to speak to their consumers. And I think these initiatives helping small businesses has helped brands go, okay, what does my message need to look like? How can I communicate effectively? And that's brought more of them back. And then you also have the effect of FOMO or envy of brands saying, okay, well, they're doing it now. I should be doing it. So we've seen more categories starting to come back and and people within those categories seeing what their competitors are doing and starting to come back. So it's having a great knock-on effect of something that we're helping local businesses with, but it's having a greater effect on revenue coming back into the industry. Hey, can I ask you a link question? What would you advise an advertiser who's considering a return to out of home? I think that I'm sure everybody on this panel is doing the same, right? At Jessica, we're thinking very hard about how we can help advertisers to make the most of their ad spending out of home. And I think that, you know, data is going to be central to helping to inform that return. But I think that sort of to, to Phil's point, it's really about ensuring that clients can buy with confidence. And I think that some of the changes to our terms of conditions, I think hopefully should provide some comfort to clients to know that there is that element of flexibility there to, to kind of move campaigns, you know, in the event that it would come back again. I think that, you know, it goes without saying really sort of speak to media owners and speak to your specialist teams because there's just so much data that we have at our disposal that can really support that return. You know, we've got at JCDCO, we've got real-time mobile data that is helping us to better understand where our audiences are and how they're returning to different locations and environments because as we know you know lockdown is being lifted and, and different measures are sort of taking place at different times and we're also using some sort of interesting sort of modeling techniques to predict what future audience patterns might look like much like global we've also got a sentiment tracker and i think that there is a huge amount of insight so even if brands and, and clients aren't thinking that necessarily out of home might be right for them. I would really encourage them to get in touch with media owners and, and specialists. And I think the good news is that so much of that content is now housed online. So we launched a back to business hub, which is a, a microsite, and it's got brilliant, really easy nickable slides around latest intelligence. So thinking about audience hotspots and insights. It's got the live tracing audience data. It's got our sentiment tracking that I mentioned. And there's also a sort of a, a part of that website, which has got sort of challenges and solutions for different categories around COVID. So I just think that it's really accelerated a lot of the insights that we've got now a team of seven data people in the business who are really helping us to make sense of that. Um, so I think, you know, let's try and use it. Definitely. So Ollie, if you've got anything to add on advising an advertiser who's considering a return? The only thing I, I would add, I mean, as I said, is, is through the lens of somebody new coming from a digital background, how impressed I've been with the specialists' data tools, their ability to be able to use a variety of sources to have the most up-to-date audience information and accurately look at changes in behavior. That's the bit that from a, an advertiser's point of view, if I was sat around thinking how my industry has gone through such a significant amount of change, your specialist will be sitting on a whole load of data that won't just assist you in your outdoor planning, but tell you the changes in your audience movements. And I think that that will be a, a significant thing for brands to look at. Louise, Kate and Ollie have already touched on this. I mean, Root Research just wasn't designed to show such a drastic and immediate change in audience. 
How has your business adapted to make sense of that going forward? Yeah, I think I echo what those guys said. I think you're right. It wasn't set up to do this. I don't think anyone anticipated the need to be having to do this. And as a result, yes, we have. We're pulling in mobile data from AdSquare to tell us on a weekly basis where people are in relation to our screens. So we know that city centres are having a very tough time. Suburban areas are spiking in audience figures and people are decamping to parks and the seaside. So we're creating packages aligned with that information so that clients can know that when they come in to buy outdoor, that they are targeting areas where people are. And we have to be very adaptable and flexible as a medium. And we're fortunate that actually as an industry, we have the portfolio to be able to do that, which makes it easier for clients to come in and buy with confidence across all of our networks. So the data that we're all pulling in actually is very similar across media owners and specialists. So again, from a client perspective, it gives them the confidence to know that the data is correct, but that they can adapt it to fluctuating needs as things change on a week by week basis and lockdown lifts to allow us to go to different areas and and different shops on a weekly basis. I think that this is the role of the specialists to analyse different audience movements. And I think they've done a brilliant job, to be honest. Um, I think every week we're getting, or virtually daily, we're getting emails from specialists with their latest analysis, looking at the way that people movement has changed, what that means, week on week differences. And I think that's really important because I think media owners can be additive in terms of talking about how data and people movement affects their product. But you need that sense of somebody, a third party in terms of the specialists really analysing what's happening in terms of the movement. I think they've done a really good job there. And I think that as media becomes more digital and their ability to track people becomes better and they're pulling in data from TFL, data from Google, using their own bespoke sources, we're going to have a much richer product to sell and we're going to start to attract advertisers from out of to out of home that wouldn't previously have considered it but now you can prove the efficiency the the efficacy of it and I, i think again this is probably a time when that has accelerated because it's had to because all clients will be asking about audience numbers and, and people movement and i think we'll probably come out of this stronger with having that as a as an underpinning of our business whereas before it was it could have been more of an add-on stay with you phil you touched on this earlier but do you think advertisers should be concerned about investing in out of home in case there is a second wave of coronavirus i really don't No, i would say that wouldn't i but i think there's two main reasons why firstly the budgets are secure if there was a second wave then all of us have policies in place that means that clients wouldn't lose out as a result of it advertising it again as an as a old media buyer when i look around at some of the deals that are available in out of home and the ways that all four of our businesses are positioning ourselves to market there's actually incredible value to be had in out of home at the moment and the usual sort of head-to-head negotiations that we all have with agencies and specialists pushing to do the best for their clients from our point of view we're much softer at the moment we're giving more value away than we ever have and there is some real value to be had in the market there so i think From a purely transactional point of view, you've got the safety in knowing that your budgets are secure and can easily be moved, cancelled if there is a second wave and good value if there isn't a second wave. I think it's important not to underestimate client purpose and clients wanting to do the right thing from a corporate point of view. And 
I think it's important to remember here that we've got a, a medium here that is giving back to local communities. All of us will have landlords that are either retailers who need our support at the moment to get the country going, or major landowners or councils who have infrastructure still to pay for while the world stops. So when people are advertising out of home, 45, 50p in that pound is flowing back into local communities, local businesses, local authorities. So it's a win-win for advertisers, I think. They, they can do their bit to support the nation and to get the nation moving again and have a very efficient and effective advertising campaign as well. Kate, can I ask, do you think innovation has accelerated over the last four months and what do you think the long-term implications will be? I think we are certainly feeling that clients are needing to be more agile and flexible, I suppose, both in terms of how they're activating in out of home, but I think also how we're working with them um, as, as media owners. So I suppose, you know, for traditionally planned out of home campaigns, it probably means, you know, using all of those lovely benefits of digital out of home to activate at scale, but with contextually relevant content. But I'd suggest that there are also some really clear benefits of programmatic out of home, thinking about being able to use data triggers. And we're seeing a lot of weather activated campaigns against pollen or temperature. In Belgium, actually, we even had one for an automotive brand who was responding to the different levels of pollution um, at a kind of a very localised level. So I think that being able to sort of innovate and activate your budgets um, in that way, I think, is something that we're certainly seeing. And I, I believe that that will continue to be a long term play. But I also think that that point about technology and thinking about the role that it will have in terms of actually how we're interacting with all of our customers, you know, the idea of a face-to-face meeting, I think, you know, everyone will agree is a very long and distant memory. So we've very much had to adapt uh, along with kind of the, the rest of the market. And so I think the idea of having these sort of these hubs and then these kind of online portals where a lot of the content is easily accessible and then sort of stealable, I think is definitely going to be something that, that is going to long continue. Can I ask the rest of the panellists if they've got any feel for any of the innovations and what they think the long-term impact will be? I think from our view at Ocean, what we had on the roadmap for months is now taking weeks. And, you know, there's some aspects of our trading and our our technical capability that we were talking about being ready for end of Q1, start Q2 next year that will be ready in the next few weeks. Um, And again, because we've had that headspace and that focus on the business, and making sure that as business starts to come back faster, that we can accelerate out of it, it's shut to the top of the of the priority list. So I think, you know, talking to the specialists, they're exactly the same. Everybody's been moving in the same direction. I think what this has done is it, it's cleared the way somewhat and people will get there much faster. And that, that can only be a good thing for the clients at the end of the day. Now, my last question, I want to make sure I go to every panellist, and it's why are you optimistic for the future out of home? I wonder if I could start with you, Ollie. I'd say two things. I'd say one is that in spite of all the challenges we've talked about, out of home is still investing. You're still talking to businesses who are investing in quality infrastructure and putting good quality products on the street. I mean, we've put... 40 large format screens in the ground alone in the last couple of months in line with government guidelines, of course. But it shows that that level of investment into putting a better product out there for advertisers hasn't slowed down. Build plan to put a significant level of large format digital screens into the ground between now and the beginning of the year. So there's still uh, an industry that's full of businesses in a good position who are investing in their media channel. 
And I'd say the second thing which builds on that large format screen point is the need of advertisers to invest in their brands. If we are heading into economically challenging times, there's a raft of studies of the last economical challenging time we had in 2008, 2009, that shows that those brands that continue to invest in big brand building campaigns and to make their brand more salient, more mentally available, have a higher share of voice in their competitive set, they were the brands that ended up stealing significant levels of market share in the coming years. I think the IPA put a slightly different take on it where they said the brands that go dark this year risk losing up to 11% of market share points the next year. So we're a, a medium that is unskippable, it's unmissable, it's brand safe, it's trusted. So I think that you combine all that together, outdoors every reason to be positive for next year. I think that as all of our sort of data and targeting capability is beginning to grow, and I think as we're able to see what genuine business outcomes that that is giving back to brands, I think that the future is very optimistic because out of home is still brilliant at doing that big top of funnel brand building awareness driving. But actually, increasingly, we're able to have some really interesting impact working alongside mobile and thinking about how we can sort of accelerate through that purchase funnel. And I think that some of the results that Ollie was alluding to, I think are really positive. So I think that out of home alongside mobile, I think is a really interesting and quite promising complementary position for us. And and I think that, yeah, the, the, what we've spoken about before, the, the fact that we do have such an intrinsic role within the communities that we serve, that we're a public facing sort of organi- you know, um, organisation and, and industry, I think that we're a force for good, as we always talk about. And I think that, you know, we should celebrate that, particularly now when we know that there is such a need to, to sort of play a role in the heart of the communities that we're serving. Thank you. And Phil, what's your view on optimism for out of home? I'm really optimistic simply because it's it's a great product. If you cast our minds back to pre-COVID, which seems like another lifetime ago, then out of home was really accelerating into this year. It had a brilliant 2019 forecast for more growth this year. As Ollie said, more plant going in the ground, audiences rising. It was looking really rosy. And what we've had during this crisis is none of that has changed. There's just been a complete pause during lockdown. And as we come out of it, that the fundamental reasons why out of home is strong will still remain. And I think if you look at what the the alternatives are, look at some of the competitive media out there, from an advertiser point of view, there's various ones. There's concern about trusts, there's concern about declining audiences, there's concern about ad fraud, a load of things that are rightly very high up on a marketer's list to be concerned about. And there's none of that in out of home. And what you do have is, I think Ollie mentioned it a second ago, you've got something that's dominating, that's non-skippable, and I think the creative community over the last few years, just as a, as a consumer, have got so much better at using out of home in the right way. The creative messaging out there, the contextual messaging. And as you get this marriage of creativity and tech coming together, it'll only accelerate the ability to serve people the right sort of messages at the right time in the right context at scale. And there's no other medium that can do that as efficiently. And that's why I think I'd be extremely positive, extremely bullish about the future of out of home. And Louise, can you add anything to that? It's always hard going last on the last question. That's fine. I mean, I would echo all of those points. I completely agree with the rest of the panel in terms of the strong position that outdoor still has and had going into COVID. I think 
where I would look at it to add to that is actually throughout this period of four months, if you think about how outdoor has been used by some brands, but by completely different people to thank, to support, to celebrate, it's occupied a really important cultural spot in communities across the UK and I think uh, and across the globe and I think that can't be underestimated the cultural relevance of out of home is incredibly important to both brands and the people that are experiencing and interacting with it and I think that gives it even more strength going forward alongside other media channels I think it holds a very special place in the communities that it serves. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe for all future episodes as we deliver more MediaTel conversations.